Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Well, I am so excited to kick off the This Is My Story series this summer. This is actually the third summer we've done this. And in case this is the first summer you've spent with VFC when we've done this, we like to take this summer and tell people stories. And so we'll do that in two ways. In one way, you're going to hear from a lot of people who go to VFC, and they're going to be sharing their personal story with you on Sunday mornings. It's always fantastic. You always get to know people a little bit better, and, and, and it, their story speaks to you as, as they share. Um, then other weeks, I'll be up here, and I'll be sharing stories from people in Scripture. Uh, not the big names, maybe some of the, the people that you've heard their name, but you don't really know their story. We'll see what we can figure out from Scripture um, about what we can learn. So we, um, I'm super excited about this. Uh, every year that we do it, I, I'm, I'm pumped. So um, I like all the Christian t-shirts. Y'all did good. This is, this is fun, right? Did you, did you know that you can have fun in church? You can. You know, do you know that seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit? But joy is. I mean, like one of the evidences that the Holy Spirit is, in, is working in your life is, is that you feel with joy, right? I see so many Christians who are like, oh, I'm, I'm saved. I'm like, I don't know if you fully understand that whole salvation thing you're talking about. Um, because, you know, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, man, it's just awesome. Look, our Christian t-shirts, by the way, mine says, be careful or you'll end up in one of my sermons. Watch it. Watch it. Um, T-shirts are a great start, but T-shirts aren't how we share our faith, are they? They're not. Uh, T-shirts, bumper stickers, all these things, there's nothing wrong with them. But if that's your plan of evangelism, you need to rethink your plan. That's just not what we see in Scripture, right? We see in Scripture people talking with people. People sharing their personal story with others. Now, I've never been a fan of the word testimony, just because it sounds so religious. Well, brother, what's your testimony? You know, and I'm like, I, I always thought growing up, I don't really have one because, like, I didn't, you know, get involved in drugs and alcohol and I didn't go to jail. I didn't, nothing like that. So I always thought, well, I don't have a testimony. And then I realized that I had an amazing testimony that I'm, I'm a fourth generation pastor. And that people, the Nunley family, have not been perfect, including me. Hey, by the way, we've got an old guy in the back. It's his birthday today. Uh, see, that's, what's, that's what happens when you get cute. I'm not going to tell you how old he is because it just takes too long and i got to preach. <laughs> but here's the thing is that the Nunley family over decades and generations has imperfectly has decided they're going to live for Jesus. I am the product of a bunch of other people's choices, and I know that. 
But you know what? You can be too. So can your children. You can start the same cycle in your family. So I encourage you. Look, it's, it's important that we, that we tell our story. Anyone can tell their story. Your life is a story. Think about it. Any, any book you read, any, it's going to have a beginning. It's going to have an end. There's action in between. There's a theme. There's a setting. There's characters. That's your life. As a matter of fact, every day is a story for you. And you get to determine what that story is going to read like. Because people are reading your life story. Are you surrendering it to Jesus? So today, really quickly, I want to just share about two people who had an encounter with Jesus. Now, we're not going to read all of the scripture for the sake of time. I encourage you to, to, to write these down, go back, and, 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 and I'm going to share uh, the kind of the cliff notes here this morning. The first person is the, called the Gerasene demoniac, which is, that'd be terrible when we all get to heaven, we meet him, we're like, hey, it's the Gerasene demoniac. He's like, actually, my name is Bob, if you would just call me that. It's the demoniac, the demoniac, you guys, the guy with all the demons. Just, or Gary, Gerasene, that kind of works. I don't know. I wish we knew the guy's name, but for now, he's the Gerasene demoniac. And this, this story is told in the Synoptic Gospels, three of the four Gospels. And, and um, it's really interesting how Jesus delivers. You know, about a third of all that Jesus did was casting out demons. About a third, like, like an entire third of his ministry. You know, but it's something that most people don't even talk about today. But it was a significant portion of his ministry. Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee. As soon as he gets out, this man comes up running to him. Uh, one one uh, version, I think it's Luke, actually says that he doesn't have any clothes on. That's weird, right? You get out of the boat, this man, naked man, starts running towards you. Like, this is about to have a problem right now. <laughs> Jesus says, come out, demon. And, and the demon says, Jesus, son of God, what are you doing? Don't torment me. And Jesus goes, what's your name? And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, that's freaky. Now, a Roman legion was an army, was a military installment of around 5,000. Sometimes, if you, caught, if you counted the auxiliary group that was a part of a legion, it would be as many as 11,000. This dude had problems. Serious, serious problems. He was, he was living among the graves. He would cut himself. He, they would try to bind him, and he'd break out. He had just like a supernatural strength because of this. But he has an encounter with, de- with Jesus. Jesus casts the demons out. They go into nearby pigs. The pigs go off the cliff. The town is like, what's happening right now? Please leave, Jesus. You're freaking us out, and we were planning on selling those pigs. You're messing with our money. The man, let me read, let me pick up here, verse 18 of Mark 5. It says, Jesus was getting into the boat. He was leaving. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns. Decapolis is what some of your translations say. There were ten uh, towns or cities in this region of the Gerasenes. So he started to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told him. Wow. What an amazing, life-changing encounter. Let me share another person that had an amazing encounter with Jesus. It was the Samaritan woman at the well. You may be familiar with this. It's in John chapter 4. 
Jesus is traveling. He has to go through Samaria. You should know that the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. Because the Samaritans were considered half-breeds. They had intermarried uh, with Gentiles or non-Jewish people. And so the Jews didn't consider them true believers, true Israelites, true Jews. But they thought that they were. And so they had all sorts of arguments about where you worship, how you worship, all, all sorts of things like that. So Jesus is traveling in Samaria. He stops at Jacob's well, which, is, uh, which was a, a holy site that, you know, from Old Testament stories. He's, it's, during, it's around noon. People don't go to the well at noon. It's hot. They do that in the morning. Most of the women would go first thing in the morning, get enough water for that day, and then they'd go again the next morning. It was the highlight of their social day. All the women would go together and talk. Well, Jesus is at the well around noon, and a woman walks up by herself. It's a red flag. That should let you know there's something different going on in this woman's life. She starts to draw water, and Jesus says, hey, can you draw some water from, from me? And she's like, uh, why are you talking to me? Why? Because, once again, Jews and Samaritans hated each other, and it wasn't good form for a man to talk to a woman out in public like this. And so he, he, he begins to talk to her, and he, he does something really interesting. He uses a spiritual gift called word of knowledge. He's talking to her, and he goes, he goes hey, she, she starts saying, hey, I've, I've got uh, water that will never run dry. She's like, hey, I want this. That way I won't have to come to the well. She didn't quite get it yet. And he goes, okay, cool. Go get your husband. She goes, I don't, I don't have a husband. He goes, yeah, you're right. As a matter of fact, you've been married five times, and the sixth guy that you're with is you're not even married to. How could he have known that? Well, it's a word of knowledge. The ability to know something you otherwise couldn't know unless God himself told you. So she goes, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> you think? So then she does what many of us do when Jesus gets a little too close. We start arguing theology. She starts asking him about where should we worship. Where She starts asking these questions to get the focus off of herself. And, and so, you know, they talk for a little bit. And then he, he declares, hey, I'm the Messiah. She goes back to the town. Let's pick it up there. We're going to read verse 27. Just then, this is John 4, 27. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. You know, when Jesus gets involved in your life, you just leave what you're doing. You just leave it all behind, don't you? She leaves the water jar by the well, ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. What could he, could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. So they all start leaving the village to come to Jacob's well. Skip again to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Isn't this interesting? Two encounters with Jesus. Two encounters with people, let, let's be honest, they weren't like the upper echelon of society. As a matter of fact, neither one of these people, the Gerasene demoniac or the Samaritan woman at the well, neither one were Jewish. Jesus had already said that I've come for the lost sheep of Israel first. But yet, they weren't of Israel, they were outsiders, yet Jesus still ministered to them. And I find it interesting. I want to I I 
point out three things that we can learn from both of these encounters that I think we can apply when it comes to sharing our story. Here's the first thing that we see in both of these encounters with Jesus. The first one is this, is that they shared their stories immediately. The man who had the demons cast out of him, he immediately goes, he wants to go with Jesus, but he immediately goes into his, his town, his environment, and he begins to tell his story. The same with the woman. She leaves the jar at the well and goes off to the village and starts to tell immediately about Jesus. Psalm 107, 2. You've probably heard this before. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I like one translation. It says, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Now notice, there are no qualifications on how quickly after you've been saved, delivered, set free, healed, that you can then share it. It's immediately. If you've been redeemed, you now have the right and the commission to say so. There are no other hoops to jump through. Look, these people hadn't even lived good lives. They weren't the type of people that you should necessarily listen to. Now look, if you feel a call to preach or teach, then you need to study first. Don't go teaching the Bible when you don't know it. Right? So, so I'm, not, I'm not saying there's no preparation involved when it comes to ministry. The demonized man put some clothes on. That's an important part of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do have to make sure you, your life is presentable before you go representing Jesus on behalf of other people. But, but I find it so interesting that immediately, immediately, as soon as you're free, you can share your story. Look, don't let the enemy intimidate you from sharing your story with other people. It, whatever God has done in your life is doing in your life. Guess what? You can share it now. Leave your water jar at the well and go tell somebody. Go tell about what Jesus has done. Go tell about what Jesus is doing. Second thing that we see from these encounters is that they went back to their own environment. This is interesting. So again, the, the, the demoniac, that guy, he's like, hey, I want to I join your crew, Jesus. I, I don't blame him. His life had been horrible. He was known in this region as the crazy man who cuts himself and screams and walks around naked in the cemetery. He had a bad reputation. Don't you know people are going to make fun of him? People are going to bring up his past. People are going to try to rub his nose in it. Do you know it would be much easier just to escape that old environment altogether? But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, no, go back to where you're from. And begin to share your story. You know, sometimes when Jesus frees us from our past, we want to retreat into our Christian bubble. We want to adopt this Christian culture where we never have anything to do with the outside world. Look, if you don't know any unsaved people this morning, you're out of balance. Who are you going to share with? Who are you going to shine your light to? John 17, 15 through 16, Jesus is praying for his disciples. He prays for you in this prayer. He says something interesting. He says, 
I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This is where we get our idea of being in the world, but not of the world. In other words, we are here, we're in this world, we're not of this world. We've been immediately transported upon salvation into another kingdom. But even though we're left in this world, we are citizens of another world. But God still has stuff for us to do. I mean, think about it. If, if God, immediately upon salvation, just wanted to take you to heaven, we should lead people into the sinner's prayer and just, all right, bye. We don't do that. Why? Because you have a job to do here. You've got something to do. And so, look, now, let me just say, let me temper this with some wisdom. If you've been an alcoholic your whole life, don't go back to the bar. If you've dealt with substances, (laughs) don't go back to the dealer. Let me share Jesus with you. No, someone else will do that. You block his number. But at the same time, there's something about when you've been redeemed, going back to where you came from and shining the light in that darkness. You know, we had the opportunity uh, several weeks ago to go to Pakistan, and, and, and because of money that we raised from you guys in the community, um, Dylan specifically uh, raised all this money. We got to set a bunch of people free. Ten families set free. It was over 40 people that were set free from financial slavery. It was amazing. But you know what was so cool? We also met with people that we had set free from the previous trip. And they had jobs now. They had their own place to live now. But you know what they were also doing? They were going back to the brick kilns where they were in slavery to minister to those who were still in slavery. Because they were so overjoyed with what the Lord had done in their lives. And it's the same with you. Look, again, there's wisdom. I'm not saying go back to sin. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that what if the Lord redeemed you from an environment so that you could go shine his light in that environment? You've got to listen to his Holy Spirit. Here's the last thing that we can see from these two encounters is that they share what Jesus specifically did for them. Notice that the garrison demoniac didn't go into the ten cities. He wasn't expounding on the Jewish literature. Right? The the woman at the well, she didn't say, hey, there's this guy over here. Here's who the Messiah is, and here's what Messiah means in Greek and Hebrew. She said, this is what happened to me. This is my story. This is what Jesus specifically did in my life. Revelation 12, 11 is talking about, it's a picture, a prophetic picture, picture of the saints in heaven. And it talks about how they overcame the evil one, how they overcame the enemy. And it says, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. That's the first step. You're not overcoming anything until you have relationship with Jesus and you've applied his blood to your life. So they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, the word of their testimony what jesus had done in their lives and they loved not their life unto death look what god has done in your life 
what God is doing in your life needs to be heard. And sometimes we think, well, that means God's going to speak to Jamie or Cynthia or Tim and they're going to give me a platform at church. No, create your own platform in the community. Maybe we will ask you. If so, that's awesome. Maybe we won't, but that doesn't mean you don't have a story to tell. Go tell it anyway. It's your story. Look, what God has done in you is unique, but you're not the only one who's struggling with what you've struggled with. People need to hear your story of redemption, your story of your faith, your journey of of an imperfect walk with a perfect God. They need to hear that. Don't wait until you have a microphone in your hand. Don't wait until you know, you've started a 501c3 and you've got business cards. Now I've got my ministry. You know what? You can go minister as soon as you walk out these doors. Tell your story. And my question for you this morning is, is, is simple. Have you surrendered your story to the Lord? Have you? You holding it in? Scripture says you don't, you don't put... Uh, you, don't put, you don't light a lamp and then put a basket over it. No, you light a lamp, you carry it to the dark because that's where it makes a difference. Let's stand for prayer. I encourage you to listen to the stories that are told this summer. I know you won't be here at every Sunday. If, I know you can't. I won't be here at every Sunday service, but I'm going to listen to every single one because they're going to be powerful. Next week, we have one of our elders and one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Vicki Jackson. She's going to be sharing her story. It's going to be fantastic. But what about you? Have you surrendered your story? Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's do some business with the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him that question. Have I fully surrendered my story? Am I still holding on to it? Am I still, is it still enshrouded in shame? What does he say? What's that bounce back thought that you feel as soon as you ask that? Thank you, Lord. I'd love to lead you in a prayer where we once again, or maybe for the first time, surrender our stories to the Lord. Where we use wisdom in who we share with, but we no longer keep it under lock and key. We proclaim the faithfulness and the goodness of the Lord in our lives. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that I've had an encounter with you. And it's changed my life. And it's changing my life. And part of what you want from me is to share my story. Just like these people in scripture. So I surrender my story to you. I give you the right to tell me when to share it and who to share it to. May my life Be a light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tiff, will you close us? 
Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.